0: Clinical or community, which course is right for you? Today, Sam and I take a deep dive into our two main courses at Therapy Dogs Australia and answer some frequently asked questions we receive from individuals who are looking to study with us. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Hello, back. Welcome back to another episode with Therapy Dogs Australia. The podcast. So we've got Sam Hi. and myself, Max, here today. And we're going to just chat about some frequently asked asked questions that we get with um our courses. Uh, about time for an yes. update. Last time we sort of talked about all this, it was about a year ago. So crazy. Yeah. It's flown it's, by. It's actually crazy. I don't know where the time
1: <laughs> went. Was ten 10 months ago, almost <laughs> to the week. That's <laughs> Wild, full on. Mm. <laughs> um, so I was just uh explaining to Max that so, um, some of you will know that Emily's been away, our wonderful admin person, um, last week and this week. And I'm doing the admin, and it is a nightmare. Mm. So, apologies to anyone who's waiting or has had to wait or has had their folders not correctly made. That's my fault. Please don't get angry at Emily when she gets back. Um, (laughs) so, but I thought it was a good timely reminder to, um, touch on some of the frequently asked questions so that we can address these things for people without emailing back and forth, you know, and you guys having to read a heap of stuff. Um, you can just pop, pop this podcast on and have a listen and figure out what we're doing. I'll try and make it snappy, but usually our podcasts aren't snappy. So (laughs) bear with us, bear with us.
0: (laughs) We have a good time.
1: (laughs) have a great time okay so one of the main questions that people ask is um which course course should they choose between our clinical and community courses so um it does explain on the website so you can go and have a little read up of that but basically the clinical course is designed for like practicing therapists or educators who are doing animal assisted intervention stuff. It's just, and and people who are registered with regulatory bodies and they have to maintain their professional standards to their regulatory bodies. So that might be places like APRA or whatever. So it's that course is designed. It's just a little bit more, Uh, intense and heavy on the regulation type stuff Um, and also it's a little bit more um, we put a bit more focus on getting things to the like your intervention design stuff and things like that so it's an
0: extra day isn't it
1: it's an extra day Um, so it costs more but it's designed for practising professionals. If you're doing the group course, then you need to have some clinical experience under your belt. So because the group courses have group workshop uh, discussions and stuff, so um, and you're presenting your ideas in a group and things like that. So we don't... It's usually too advanced for people who are still studying um, and don't have the clinical working experience. Mm -hmm. So if you're still doing your degree and you're not working in your field yet, it's probably not for you because you'll, the feedback, this is feedback that we get. I can see that people get lost in the conversations, but the feedback that we get is also that at times people feel overwhelmed because they're having these discussions with people that have been clinicians for 10 years you know mm, like mm. so to get the most out of it um you should do the community course so that you're you know going to be um talking with other people that are at the same career stage as you we can make that decision generally on a case by case basis because people's path career pathways are all different so sometimes someone might be still doing their degree, but they've got 10 years experience or whatever, working in whatever field. And so they... they oh,
0: yeah, they studied later. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah so upskilled. They've
1: got, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um you know, they might be a good fit for the clinical courses that are the group ones. If you really... Um, so what I think probably what people don't really understand is the courses are the same. So the same content is delivered. Um, The community course is designed for people. It's designed to be inclusive of people who um, don't have a higher education um, and people who want to do visitation in the community and stuff. So like nursing home visits and stuff like that. So you might be an accountant and you want to take your dog to go and do nursing home visits. So you don't need to be a part of those discussions that we have in the clinical course. That's mm. like the difference. The other thing is um, all of our uh, like certificate and diploma educated career people. So they might be disability support workers, youth workers, whatever. Those guys go into the community course <clears throat> I know that that it's a tough line to draw because some people are probably like, oh, but I've got a diploma and you know I have all these skills as well. Which I understand that, and we're willing to discuss it on a case-by-case basis. Um, however, there are times that people have gotten into the clinical course and have been completely overwhelmed with what's going on there. If you're really hell-bent on it, um, then do it self-paced because then you get to spend that time one-on-one in your tuition instead of doing those workshops in the group you can do it one-on-one and then we can tailor it to your
0: exact situation Mm, that's fantastic yeah
1: Yeah. I've I've, and so so that same with students too so if students or people that are still studying if you want to do it and you are hell-bent on doing the clinical course um just do this do the self-paced one um it's going to be a lot. He's just, try, just trust me. Okay. Like <laughs> I know that it's a really hard, It sort of feels it exclusive. Um, but it's not designed for that. It's designed to give every person who attends the most out of the courses. Do you know, it would actually save me slash make me a lot more money to combine them. It is a pain in the ass <laughs> to have them separated. It, doing the yearly calendar is a nightmare. Yeah. It's a pain. Like I wish what we could just have everybody in the same stream. And for those who don't know, we used to do that. We used to just have everybody in together. Oh, I didn't know that. When did yeah. that stop? There was no clinical and community streams. It was just <gasps> therapy dog and handler course. And it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. So one of the things that would happen is someone would in a group setting, someone would say something or make a comment because they don't know that that's not appropriate and a a clinically appropriate thing to say. Mm, Oh, that's tricky. Right. And so then you've got multiple clinicians with multiple years of experience and regulated by multiple bodies and whatever sitting there feeling like they have it is actually an ethical thing and you know we've got to correct that comment or but you know whatever but we're in a group setting so then it was I could see people you know get uncomfortable and I'm like mm, oh yeah so then I have to correct it yeah
0: oh yeah no
1: in a group setting because if I don't All of those other professionals are going to be looking at me going, Well, so she must think that's fine. Like, so she must think that that's acceptable. And it's like horrendous. (laughs) Like, that's why we split them. This is back when we were doing face to face stuff, all face to face. That's why we split them is because it's not fair on the person who doesn't, they're not regulated by the same bodies, they don't have the same rules. They don't know what the rules are. Why would they? Like, there's a totally different feel. Yeah. No experience. They yeah. don't know yeah. that. Like, you know, but as us all there in the, you know, this professional development space and these things happening, it is something that's got to be addressed. And then, you know, I could address it privately, but I have to be seen. Like, so it's when you're in group learning, as soon as a student says, makes a comment, the facilitator is in a position where they either need to correct the comment if it's incorrect or let it slide. But the problem with letting it slide is that the other people in the group are learning from that person's comment. Mm -hmm. So if someone says X, Y, Z and I'm thinking, no, it's A, B, C, but I don't say anything. Other people in the group go, oh, it must be XYZ because they said yeah. that. Yeah. So <clears throat> you didn't, didn't say react. anything. Yeah. 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 So it makes group group facilitated learning really tricky. Um in that regard. And that's why I split it, is because I was like, this is keeps happening. Like <laughs> yeah. Awkward. <laughs> so how horrible. Like it's it's really horrible, but it's because we've just got people from different backgrounds and different regulatory bodies and stuff like that. And yeah, we just had to do it that way. So, and initially when I split it, I made it, um, anyone who was registered with APRA could do the clinical course because that's what it was about. It was about, we've got a different set of rules. So we need to be discussing those things um, in that sort of field, but um, there's a, a number of disciplines that aren't APRA registered but probably should be Um, and no one has any control over that. Like APRA just does whatever. Um, So it was things like social workers, um, counsellors and I think speechies still are as well. Oh,
0: really? Oh, I didn't know that. I I know. They were. What?
1: Well, they weren't. So I don't know. I haven't looked to see if they are now but they weren't. So ludicrous, you yeah. know, like, so, so then what happened? Cause I was trying to help people understand like, <clears throat> it's all well and good. You want to train your dog and take it into work with you, but you need to, you're upper registered. You have to, you know, there's a professional standard, Blah blah, you've got to be able to do your job to this standard um, with or without the dog. So, you know, we need to make sure that we're still providing X service to our clients who oftentimes we're in private practice and they're paying for it. Um, but even if they're not, you've got an ethical obligation to offer the service at this standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if including a dog uh, impacts the standard, uh, you're in trouble. You're going to be in big trouble. So, yeah, we it's like a more serious sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, the regulation thing didn't work to split them. So I made it bachelor trained and above, uh, bachelor trained and higher. and. Yeah. Anyone who's not bachelor trained goes into the community stream. It's not a perfect system. If someone knows a perfect system, please email me. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: feel free to reach at, out.
1: Just at me, man. Like I've been trying to figure it out for years. So <laughs> if you could, yeah, hit me up and let me know the answer. That'd be great. Um, Sam, what if um, one... <laughs>
0: someone's studying and they're about to graduate? Where do they fit in? Would they still go to community or would they do self-paced clinical? <clears throat>
1: it depends because some people are, you know, so they might be, for example, like a provisional psychologist. Let's, let's think about this, okay? They've done their psychology degree four years and they're in their second year of their provisional internship mm-hmm. or um, they're in a master's program. The master's student, I'm going to get, In trouble for this, the master's student is going to have less practical experience Mm. than the internship student, so they could still get lost in these. Like, so the master's student may never have worked in a workplace, being a provisional psychologist, whereas the intern will have. They will Mm. be working in a workplace, um. Whereas the master's student probably be on placements and stuff like that. And yes, I know that that's very legitimate. I also have offered placements in the past and I know that it's very different um, having someone on placement versus having an employee. I've, I've got employees that are psychologists, are provisional psychologists and I've done placements, paid and unpaid placements of, provision, of provisional psychs. So uh, I do know the difference and there is a difference. So <laughs> um, whether that's okay to say or not, I don't know, but, Probably not, but anyway. So it depends on the individual, but some people are doing that sort of pathway stuff, but they've already been doing like disability support work for three years, or yeah, so they've they have already real been life. So it robotics. comes back to
0: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Or yeah. like whatever workplaces they're in, or whatever. It makes a difference as to how much like actual experience they've got. So, um, yeah. It just it depends which I know is really hard, although that makes it hard. But if you're one of these people who's in that sort of grey area, let me know. But think of it this way. The community course is cheaper and it's like four days or four weeks compared to five days or five weeks. It's a cruisier environment, Um, far less like the clinical guys cop it from us, like they cop it, like we're proper like, you need to be doing XYZ, like, you know, it's very, very important. You're gonna get in trouble. Blah, blah, blah. Community courses more for people intensive. that it's far more intensive than the clinical yeah. course. Community courses is, is um those people we're definitely giving the same messages of of we need to be doing the right thing, obviously. Um, the right thing by the your participants and the right thing by your dog and da, 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 the right thing by the industry and all these things. But when if someone gets upset with them, so a participant of their service, um, it's unlikely that they are gonna lose their registration as a, tri- a professional because they don't have a registration as a professional. So, um, whereas like psychologists and OTs, like when people get upset, they can report you to upper and you can lose your registration. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So the stakes are just a bit different for the the person. So everything. Is- else is the same, but we just spend a bit more time in the clinical course, like really hammering it into the person that you've got to get this right. It's, you've got to get it right. You've got to get it right. It's not, you know, it's just a bit more like that. Probably not explaining it very well, but
0: that's pretty much, that's pretty much me. how it goes. Mm.
1: Great. Um. So yeah, it depends. But if you think about it this way, if you don't need to do the clinical course, don't. So lots of teachers. Teachers will do the clinical course, but lots of teachers do the community course. Um, other people who are in the community course is people like GPs. We put GPs in the community course because they're not doing therapy with their dogs. Mm. They're they're really more of a um, animal assisted activities role. Um, so GPs, dentists, um, yeah, people that are in fields like that that. Just because you've got, so sometimes people will be like, oh, but I've got a degree in geology so I can do the clinical course. And I'm like, okay, but you don't need to. And also it's not a relevant degree. (laughs) It's not, it's not, it's not like that. It's not going to help you. (laughs) That's not really. Yeah. That's not the point. It's not the point, okay? So don't think of the clinical course as this prestigious, better than everybody. If that's not what it is, it's not that. It's those guys are getting hassled more from me about do it properly or else you're going to lose your career, (laughs) which is true.
0: (laughs) It's a darker course. (laughs) It is actually true.
1: So, (laughs) and those guys are talking about, you know, like they're practicing clinicians. So they're practicing OTs, practicing speeches, practicing psychs. Like, you know, we're talking far more clinical content stuff that like, yeah, a lot of other professions, even though they're bachelor trained, um, even allied health bachelor trained stuff, like a podiatrist does not need to do the clinical course. They they can do, the community course is a fantastic course. It's the same. Mm, It's all the modules are the same it's exactly the same there's just a little bit more like sort of clinical content in the clinical course but the activities are the same so you don't miss out on any of the activities they're exactly the same um but they just have different sort of different role play examples different case study examples and stuff like that stuff that's going to be more relevant um to the people that typically that do that course teachers do the community course all the time um and like i said like support workers and
0: are there any differences um, when people graduate in terms of what they graduate with? It says on their certificate that they're either a clinical team or a community team,
1: but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything. But it doesn't change. It's like how yeah. we give people a level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The levels don't mean anything. <laughs> we made them up. <laughs> We're just like we made up the <laughs> community course and the clinical course. so it gives us it actually just helps me I could just not put any of that on anything and I could just categorize you as those things because it helps me understand where you're up to like when we look at your file when you come back for your reassessments or whatever and we can look at and go oh yeah that's right that's this person did this training and yeah when they did their graduation they got this level or whatever like yeah it's doesn't mean anything does because, and the reason it doesn't mean anything is because there's no regulatory body for therapy dog stuff yet. So there's no one to say you have to do the a clinical training to do X, Y, Z. Does that make sense? So like mm-hmm. sometimes the dates for the community course suit people better. So they just do the community course and they don't, who cares? Like it doesn't really doesn't matter if you are a clinician with, you know, years of experience and stuff, you'll enjoy the clinical course because that it's full of other clinicians the same. So lots of really cool discussions, like really cool stuff that goes down in the clinical course. Um but that's like the community courses like that. It's great as well. So you know don't stress people get yeah, stressed. Not missing out. Not really missing out on anything. Um you're going to have a better experience if you're placed um in a course that suits you. And I'm happy to recommend that to people, but we d- I just wanted to talk about it on here so people could um have a think about it for themselves. But remember, so we do supervision. So sometimes um like the students and that, like they want to know, oh, but I want to do clinical training, but um I haven't finished my degree. So we'll do the community now. And then when you're finished, I can catch you up on that in like two hours of supervision, you know, three hours of supervision, uh, which you're going to have to do anyway. So like we all have to we have to do supervision anyway. So just do it on animal assisted stuff and you'll get caught up really fast
0: because mm. it's mm. really not that different. That's awesome um, that, that that's there as, as an option.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's cheaper. Like if you're mm. thinking, oh, I'm just going to do the self-paced clinical course, so that i can do the clinical course it would be cheaper to do the group community course and then do some supervision like that which would be individual which would be better anyway so mm. you know there's options plenty of options we try to make everything as accessible as possible um but yeah anyone who anyone else who runs group trainings or things like that would understand that it's it does help if we've got groups that work well together if our participants are matched, um, you know, it does help the experience for the students. So that's why we try and do it. Like I said, it would be a lot easier if I could just yell at everybody about trying not to lose your job and career by doing stupid stuff the whole time. <laughs> that's not really what happens. but yeah.
0: <laughs> In a perfect a- world. <laughs> Amy runs
1: most of the courses. <laughs> um. So... That should help you choose uh, between clinical and community. We were offering more clinical courses. Throughout 2023, we had more clinical courses. I think we had 12 um, and we did six community courses. So um, there was less community courses on offer, uh, but we've got, I mean, I'm just looking at my calendar. We've got two left for the year of community courses, uh, November and December, and the others were, yeah, there was one in February and then the others were in the school holidays.
0: So I think there's enough, you know, there's enough there. And then the self-paced, that's ever so slightly different to the group Mm -hmm. courses. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, both. So
1: the way that we offer the courses, we got typical, which is one day a week for four weeks or five weeks. We got intensives, which is five days a week or four days a week. The intensive. So if you're choosing between typical or intensive, the intensives are intensive. So we get the feedback all the time look at the socials for the feedback like the feedback is always like oh yeah it was intensive it's a lot so um it's a lot for you it's not a, it used to be a lot for the dogs but it's not now because we we stretch out the training for the dogs it's not doesn't really impact the dogs um but it's a lot for the human so i'm the kind of person that would do an intensive like i'm the kind of person that just wants to get something done mm. So that's why we still offer them, um, but they are exhausting. So um, be aware of that. If you're a person that's going to get fidgety or, you know, like get bored or get overwhelmed or those sorts of things, it is pretty exhausting. The typical I really like because um, I like the one day a week option for the students because they get a week to get their stuff done and think about things and, and bring ask questions it's yeah bring questions back to the next week um that I think is my favorite delivery method because I think it I think it's conducive to learning you know um yeah I think oh, I guess I probably still would like to attend one like that because it's online if I had to drive somewhere five days for five weeks I probably wouldn't want to do yeah. that but anyway yeah. Um, no one wants to drive anywhere if they don't have to. Surely not. I surely don't know. like it. I just want to be at my house. Hmm. Uh, so the self-paced, that would be a nightmare for me. I think I've mentioned that before. That would be a nightmare. I would never get it done. I would never, ever get it done. So I'm a, I'm a
0: self-paced person. No, would be are my, you? My selection, yeah.
1: No, yeah. no way. No,
0: thank you. A lot
1: of my life is self-paced the parts that don't get done I'm a deadlines kind of girl <laughs> I'm a oh that's got to be done yesterday <laughs> kind of girl so I would not get the self paste done um but it's so popular far out everyone love. everyone wants to do self paste. I'm like are you sure are you guys sure are you sure you're gonna get any of this done but they seem to be getting it done so I guess it's a thing <laughs> I'm like, how are you guys doing this? Just it's also,
0: it's also bite size in comparison to other courses, which is like you can you can really, oh, yeah. yeah, you, you can
1: could really get it, it done
0: in five time. days. If yeah, you,
1: yeah, yeah. You could the the way that the the modules are designed, each it's, it's five modules for the clinical, four modules for the community. Easy, easy get it done in five days. So, um, which is what people have been doing this school holidays is they've been getting their content done and then having tuition. What I like about so I. I'm really enjoying facilitating the self-paced courses, even though as a student, I would hate it. As the facilitator, I'm enjoying it because it's five hours of one-on-one tuition. That's why it costs more is because we have to find five hours in our diaries for the diaries clinical. To, for the is, clinical. It, is it four and,
0: for the cl- community?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is so fun. I really enjoy it. It's an hour of just... Talking to this person and talking like all about their situation, all about everything they've learned from the, and everyone loves it. I can't wait to start getting the feedback forms back. It's going to be great. So people love it. They love the course. They love the content. Um, they're working through it. They're training the dogs. It's great.
0: Is that it's our really most popular great. study it method would, now? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We've discussed canning everything else. Cause mm-hmm. it's bringing the numbers down in the group courses and I've got to pay staff to run the group courses, um, without the numbers there. So we've have discussed canning the group courses, but we're not going to do that for 2024. Um, we'll keep that on the back burner because I really enjoy, and people really enjoy Like I said, I would need to be in a group mm, course yeah. as a Accountability
0: student. Too. Yep.
1: Scheduled log on at this time you are meant to be here where are you you know like you need to hand this in this we are doing so you do your worksheets like you do them as a group and stuff like that like you need to get oh, this that's, done that's now. fun
0: actually I like it's that. so fun mm-hmm. yeah
1: and so they we put them in little groups and breakout rooms and they discuss their stuff and you meet people and it's group learning like it's that's yeah it's people love it um, but it's a time commitment, and that time commitment is a financial commitment because it's time off work. So I think that's why people like the self paced option because they can do it on Saturday, you know, or Sunday or whatever nighttime or whatever they yeah, do. Yeah,
0: they're not sacrificing
1: yeah. work. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think we need
1: to do, and the intensives people like because they can, it's on school holidays. So people can do them on the school holidays. So we get a lot of teachers in the intensives. Um, and that works well for them. So we want to try and have as much on offer as possible. Um, and for 2024, we will continue to do that, but far out, man, I spend a lot of time doing tuition now, like a lot of time doing tuition. It's only
0: going to grow, I think as well.
1: Yeah. People are enjoying that
0: Mm,
1: popular delivery, whatever method thing, mode, whatever. So yeah. Um, and I enjoy it too. So although sometimes I'll do like two or three clinical module two tuitions in a day and I'm like, oh, I've had this conversation a few <laughs> times today. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also handy, like, if you're the second or third person, I'll be like, oh, do you know what? I spoke to someone else this morning and they had this idea, you know, they were talking about this. So it's fun. It is fun. I really enjoy going through the content one-on-one with people. I think that, yeah, it's cool to see what they like. You can kind of hide a bit in the group until we check your worksheets later. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: You can kind of hide away <laughs> a
0: little bit. you know.
1: So that's, you need to make a decision based off how you learn. So which uh, you choose, which course you choose, how do you best learn? Um, you know, be honest with yourself. Like I'm saying, like I, you know, self-paced would be great because then I could, you know, do it on the weekend, but I'm not going to do it on the weekend. I'm I'm not the type of person that's going to do that. So that would be lying to myself. If I was honest with myself, I would have to say I'd probably do the intensive.
0: Mm.
1: Honestly, that's probably what
0: I would do. Uh, so how do people book? Do. How do people book the courses?
1: So you can book online uh, via the online store. Or if you need an invoice because a third party's paying, uh, you can just contact us and let us know what you're doing. There's an application Via form. Yeah, by email. Courses at therapydog.com.au or info at The um if yeah, if you need third-party invoice, you need to let us know. Uh, but I much prefer, like we do waste a lot of time on admin of people that say that they're booking courses and then they never pay for them. And we've already done Mm -hmm. like quite a bit of admin. So I prefer people just book them online. Uh, But I do recognise like we can't remove that other option because we do recognise that people need um, third-party payers and stuff, which is fine. Um, If you're a tyre kicker, just go do that somewhere else because it really does. It costs what's us a, so much time and money. Um, people that aren't, like they book into courses but they don't oh, pay ghost. or attend. Yeah. Yeah. It does cost us a lot of time with, you know, following people up and stuff like that. Um,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that's all just part of it but it is very time consuming. Um. There's an application form on the website. Fill that in. That'll come to us. We um, will be in touch with you if we've got any concerns about the application form. Um, So, yeah, you're free to just go ahead and book online on the website. That's very easy to do it that way. And it secures your place as well because those are limited. Those places are limited on there. So um, there's like an inventory on the website. The other thing, so cho- you've got to choose... Typical, intensive, or self-paced. You're going to choose clinical or community. People often ask, um, so what's involved in the course? So the delivery method is there was no face-to-face delivery method anymore. We used to do it face-to-face. It was far more stressful for people and dogs, um, especially because we are jamming like a whole day worth of stuff. Your dog doesn't need to be sat around with you all day while we mm. teach you this stuff. So, it's that's the kind of like the dog part that should be done in bite sized chunks over months, not over five days with them sitting in a room with you. Um, we definitely find that this is a better fit for the dogs. The courses themselves are primarily theory, so it's your animal assisted therapist theory training and you can finish that course and get a certificate even if you don't go ahead and assess your dog so during the course you might find oh this dog's not suitable or um something happens to the dog or whatever um we will give you as long as you finish all your assignments we'll give you a certificate that says that you've done animal assisted therapist training um you just don't get the dog certified
0: that's great well. because that means mm. if someone comes back with another dog that is suitable, that's they don't exactly need to redo happens. the training. They yeah, just have that's to exactly what him. happens. Yeah, yeah so cool.
1: They just, like I've got a few at the moment um, where something's happened to the dog or the dog's were not suitable or whatever, um, and they've gone, oh, okay, I'm just going to get my certificate of completion because I'm getting a different dog and I'm going to bring that dog back, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> And I'm like, yeah, cool. That's easy. So, yeah, definitely. That's a great. Ch- we want to encourage people to make those choices for their dogs. Mm, like, if yeah. your dog's not suitable, you know, like that. But the the course is primarily the handler, the animal assisted therapist training. So, um, when it's yeah delivered online, it's delivered with a combination of um pre recorded lectures, uh, and if you're doing the the group training, there'll be discussions. So there'll be you'll be logging in. So you'll log in at 9am every day. And if you're in the community course, you'll log out at three. Well, you need to be available until three. If you're in the clinical course, you need to be available until 4.30 because um, it takes longer. So sometimes it's shorter days because we might have um, smaller numbers in your group or whatever, uh, but it's not never longer than that. Um, so during that time, you'll get, Given, okay, so these are the this is the lecture to watch and this is the worksheet activity to complete. Sometimes you'll complete that worksheet while you're watching the lecture, and then you'll come back and um, share your ideas either in a large group or in a small group. Um, and sometimes it'll be okay. So here's this content, and now we're gonna workshop these ideas as a group or a small group. So what that means is it's active PD because you're being assessed so all those worksheets particularly um they get marked so they're either satisfactory or not satisfactory so they don't get marked out of like a b c that's not it's not like that that's but good. they do get <laughs> yeah where, where they're there to um make sure that you've understood what's presented in the information uh which makes it active pd so that means that you can count a fair bit of active PD uh, for your industry, whatever you're in. The other thing is um, Amy and I are both board approved supervisor, like we're super- supervisor trained. So uh, which, yeah, doesn't really matter for a lot of stuff. Mostly it's just matters for provisionals, but um, we when you do your tuition hours, particularly self-paced tuition hours, you'll be able to count all those hours of supervision as well, because we're primarily, mm, primarily discussing the clinical content of the course. Like there'll be some discussion. We'll help you with the dog as well. um, But it's primarily going to be about managing clients and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's a great, make, make sure you make note of the hours, you know, that you're doing and, and stuff like that because you can count them um, and factor that into your PD budget as well so um, that you're getting the most out of it.
0: Um,
1: when yeah, um, when
0: students, re like when they've done their course um, and they want to come back and say retrain a second dog yeah, and they access those materials later on. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So they can come and revisit and have a refresh in their brain and go, yeah, let's just, yeah. 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 yeah, Cool.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we, we do supervision, we do group supervision every month, but we do supervision anyway. So like lots of people come back and, and book a little bit of supervision, um, just to brush up on some stuff as well, which is, we're totally available for that. Um, and Ah, secondary I do secondary supervision for provisionals as well so some provisionals have you know come along and done the course and then jumped on as secondary supervisor so that they can do some animal assisted supervision throughout their internship as well because awesome. they have to they have to do a lot of supervision so um yeah I don't even yeah know how many I've done that for over the years but it's a few
0: hmm.
1: which is, is great love it really good um the dog training element of the courses so you you're going to do all the theory stuff and and the courses are primarily theory the dog training element what people um enjoy that we didn't use to do but we do have been doing for quite a while is once you have paid and enrolled in your course you get access to the dog training video library, which means that you can start working with your dog and preparing them before your course, which is great. Uh, You can also continue preparing the dog. So we're going at the pace of the dog. So it doesn't matter. Whereas back in the day when it was all face to face, it used to be like day five. I hope you're going to graduate with your dog because you're driving (laughs) back to New South Wales this afternoon. So whereas now we do it by video. So it doesn't matter. So so much less stressful for everybody involved, including me. Um, and we can just go at the pace of the dog, pace of the handler. But basically, we've got a video library and you're going to watch There's all these instructional videos and how we get our dogs to do certain things. During the group courses, we you will record yourself doing two activities with your dog each week, approximately, um, of our training activities. And we watch them as a group. And so it takes about an hour and a half um, to get through everybody's videos, depending on how many people we've got in the group. But it's group learning for your dog training stuff as well. So That's
0: we do so do that. Helpful. Yeah. It is really
1: helpful. Yeah. Um, Like we just had dog school on Monday night and, and more people had videos prepared. And like the other people that didn't have videos were like, oh, thanks for bringing videos, guys. <laughs> it's like really handy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But um, the idea is that we're, get, we're helping you, we're giving you feedback on training the dogs along the way, but you can access that feedback before your course starts in dog school. So if you've got, I'll talk about what dog schools we've got in a moment, but you can be training your dog before your course starts, during the course and after the course finishes, which you can do with the training library alone. Or you can do with the training library plus dog school class. Plus you can get individual tuition as well, which some people choose to do. It's more expensive, um, but some people choose to do that, which is available also if you just want a bit of extra help. That's fine. Um, so self-paced guys, it's a really similar deal um, that they just have for their one hour of tuition that they do per module uh, where we just, you know, make sure there's no gaps in learning and they've understood everything and they ask questions and they get to, you know, it's all about them. We watch their dog videos then as well. So we get, we give the feedback on how those activities are going with the dogs. Um, but there's no like stress or pressure. So when people finish their class, their groups, um, or their self-paced modules. We try and say like three months, get your assessments in, like your dog assessments in. But if you can't, like sometimes people's like houses flood and whatever, like just chaos. Life, man. life, life is happens. just chaos. Yeah. So we're not really hell bent on that. But I do believe that the longer you leave it, you probably won't do it. Um. So I think three months is really reasonable. And if I'd ask people to just send us an email, if it gets to three months and they haven't done it, and let us know where they're up to, which is really just so that they can bring it back to their front of mind. You know, like I, like I said, I'm a dead, I'm a deadline girl, so I would never hand in my assessments ever. So, I did a TAFE diploma when I straight out of high school because I was too dumb to get into uni. Unfortunately, I had to change my preferences because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do any work in high school. <laughs> Damn it! So then, I got go alone. <laughs> take... I did nothing in high school um but have fun i had a great time when i went to TAFE i did a diploma of community welfare work um and i didn't do any of the assignments for the whole two years until the last like two weeks well and then you handed
0: all of them in in the oh my goodness did you sleep (laughs) Yes, you all nice? They weren't hard. Oh.
1: They weren't hard. <laughs> I should have just done them, <laughs> but I was too busy having fun. <laughs> best two years of my life was when I was at tape. I had the best time. I went most of the time. I went, um, but I didn't do anything. I did learn some stuff, but not really. I enjoyed my placements, um, but yeah, I handed like, I would have to say like eighty percent of the work in in the last
0: two weeks. <laughs> Because it was that a deadline,
1: they, they just didn't enforce any deadline.
0: Yeah, I could never do that. I'm like, I'm the one that hands in assignments early. What? Yeah, I just handed in my my latest assignment. It's due on Monday, and I've I handed it in yesterday. I was like, I'm just gonna get that done. What? <laughs> Feels so good. I'm like chasing that feeling of like not having to think about it. What?
1: no 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 no. what you do is you just live your life (laughs) and then (laughs) you just live your life and do whatever you want and then you find out about something that's got to be done immediately and you just quickly get it done and then you just go back to living your life Mm. You should see all these post-it notes. I've got post-it notes up all over. I live my entire life off of post-it notes really? because yeah. I remember and things, and I run, and they just way. get stuck. Yeah, I get them. They're all stuck places, and I'm like, hmm. Hmm. do they all come off <laughs> <laughs> nah.
0: eventually? Nah. <laughs> you see, just collect. The other thing
1: you'll see me writing. I keep books, and so I just write things down mm. like that have got to be done in the books. So I got multiple books up here. Multiple books They're full. Listen. Once it's written down and I've turned the page, it's not often it's I'm going back looking at the pages. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I found this page. page in one of the books. I found this page in one of the books that I thought, oh, that was well, some pretty good ideas on there, and I ripped it out of the book.
0: Um, and you placed it in another book, and it's already just <laughs> sitting on the desk. Been there for like two months. It's yeah, just ideas sits there. pile.
1: <laughs> yeah, this was our couple of training things we were going to develop so
0: new of tda tape. that can be a giant yeah. post at night on the wall
1: just stick that up there what's on the back i know that's fine mm. yeah so mm.
0: each to go. their own
1: yep each to their own um it's one of those this is why I keep coming back to like trying to have these options available for people so that our learning opportunities are more inclusive um and I try to remember these things so you know like try to and some some of our students are like you max like they get their stuff in so fast I'm like how's this person even got all the stuff done like what (laughs) Uh, but they do they just get this they get right in there and get it done and I'm like good on them um but, yeah, so but for those of us who aren't like that, um, you know, I think having a deadline is a good idea. Mm,
0: so Yeah, it does help, definitely.
1: It does help. When I was doing my NDTF course, I took off Wednesday mornings. I had to do that for like, it must have been nearly a year, and that was my dog training certificate time. Like I mm-hmm. had to do that. Otherwise, there was no way. No way I was going to get it done. No way and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, but they had deadlines. So I was okay, but yes. So we're very aware. So if anyone's listening to this still, um, the, if you've got a different learning method than what we have already discussed, um, hit us up, let us know, because there are people that I've done some pretty different stuff for. Um, there's quite like a, like a quite maybe a big handful mm-hmm. of people that I've done some really like we don't offer that kind of thing but because that person um has needed that uh, to get them over the line then I you know will do XYZ differently with them. So an example of that would be people that have handed in bits and pieces of things and I've given them feedback along the way and bloody blah those kinds of things where, yeah, we've spent a lot of time together and worked together on, yeah, getting things across the line because oh, the team can do really it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The team can do it. And actually I got an update from one um, last week where it was we really worked together to get over the line um, and, yeah, I got an update and it's very cute. Actually, I haven't sent it to you yet, Max. I'm going to put it on the socials. It's very, very cute. Aww. So, yeah, very sweet um so yeah i'm keen on that um keen to do that sort of stuff um as much as we can um people ask about how do we train the dogs we do have a whole podcast on online dog training does it work it's in season 1 and it is number Mm-mm-mm. season 1 episode 6 25th of october 22 um where we talk to Heidi, who's does online dog training as well. And um, yeah, if you're not sure, have a listen to that and think like, you know, you can talk to us about whether or not the, you know, how does online dog training actually work? Uh, You'll find that more and more dog trainers are offering online courses. Um, I'm seeing so many popping up. Yeah. So many, so many popping up. Some genius must've just blazed a pathway and I don't know. Like, are you talking about yourself? No. <laughs> it's actually Heidi. <laughs> Heidi's had online dog training for ages.
0: Actually, yeah. I think she
1: talks about yeah, it. Yeah, yep, she does
0: Yeah, she had it for
1: ages, and people were like, "You're an idiot." And she yep. was like, "She just wanted to live her life with her kids and do what she wanted to do," and it's. Boomed like mm-hmm. she actually well, was Heidi. Like, actually, when COVID happened and we put all our courses online, I was like, Heidi does it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mentioned. Yeah. Well, Heidi does it. So, obviously, you must be able to do it because I know her um, and I know mm-hmm. that she's a fantastic dog trainer. So, I'm like, well, Heidi's doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: she must be, yeah, pretty good. uh Must be possible, especially during COVID when people wanted something to do anyway. Uh, yeah, so uh, listen to that podcast because we go into it in quite a bit of detail, uh, and you will notice like more and more dog training stuff popping up online. So yes, it can be done, um, and we will support you through that. The things that we have done to help include adding our dog school, which is on Monday nights. Um, that we might need to increase that, Max, because really, so puppy school isn't as popular. For classes because the puppies grow out, grow out of the class. Yeah, like they such get, a short and
0: they, space of time. It's a short period.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. So there's usually lower numbers in there. It's not not fully booked, but um, adolescent school is full all the time. So yeah, the times
0: I've logged in, I've gone whoa,
1: pretty full. Mm. And our adolescent school goes from four months to twelve months, so we're not getting rid of them anytime soon. So. <laughs> And we've got like people that are at every, it's fortnightly. We've got people that are at every class. Um are you thinking not,
0: weekly. Is that what you're I
1: think we might have to do it weekly. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to do puppy school weekly because those those dogs that age need that yeah. level of support. Um the adult school isn't as popular yet, mm. <clears throat> but it goes through phases. So if you're enrolled in the Courses, um, you can book into those adult dog training schools. at seven o'clock Australian Mm -hmm. Eastern Standard Time, Brisbane time, on fortnightly on Mondays, seven o'clock. Yeah, seven o'clock. Yep. So, um, what people are doing? So our self-paced guys, but also our group training guys, is they're enrolling for their courses watching videos practicing with their dogs attending those classes they do cost you $20 those ones if you're an adult dog um and, and then they are seeing other people's videos but also getting feedback on their own videos so people that are training the dog for the first time but we've also got people that are doing their reassessments are coming back and jumping oh, on clever and we're ha- very yeah. clever smart
0: mm.
1: smart especially because they're not very popular yet so you
0: get a lot of time I think it's yeah
1: yeah sometimes it's sometimes you pay $20 and I sit there with you for an an hour
0: yeah for the hour
1: watch a lot of your assessment videos yeah so (laughs) (laughs) which is great for you (laughs) 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 she's a not that good of a business decision for me. <laughs> Luckily, I enjoy it.
0: <laughs> um,
1: It took me a while. Have I, I talked about this podcast yet? It took me a while to get into the classes because Caitlin was doing them.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. She yeah.
1: selfishly had that baby.
0: How and
1: dare she? <laughs> selfishly had that baby. And now I have to do the dog classes, but I'm obsessed now. So it just took me a while to adjust to working on the Monday night. Um, that's, you know, something that was, cause I have a big day on Mondays. Uh, and I'm do, I do all sorts of things, including psychology clients and, you know, training courses and stuff like that. Um, so it's a big day, but I've adjusted. So, and I really enjoy puppy school and adolescent school and adult school the same. So, yeah, puppy school is funny because everybody's lives are being destroyed by a puppy. It is. It
0: is pretty funny. It, it is funny.
1: Pretty funny. Yeah. They're like, They're, this is all the things that the puppy has done to me this week. And I'm like, yes, yes, they will. <laughs> they will do those things. And it's making me not want a puppy (laughs) yeah you're like i'm gonna remember yeah (laughs) (laughs) they are a nightmare
0: um but they're so cute Mm, They are so that's lucky that's another um thing just like the adults class though like we just said before where you will probably get quite a bit of attention at the moment anyway um one-on-one sarah's
1: got sarah's got a puppy She's in our puppy class at the moment. I reckon I've done three classes with just Sarah. Just it's mm. just me, Max, and Sarah having a chat yeah. about her dog. Pretty funny, <laughs> yes. and just yeah. also about everything else in life. <laughs> yeah, just chatting, which it's is really cool. Yeah,
0: it's a, it's a time. great time.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. So, um, and those are free. So, your puppy, if you are considering what course courses to do, and you're just looking at our website and going like, oh my gosh, like what's going on here? You don't have to do puppy school and adolescent school and then do a clinical or community course, but some people are finding us early enough that they can do all three. Um, there's a package for puppy and adolescent. So usually the puppy school is two fifty, and you get it's like a webinar. I can't remember how long it is. Um, puppy training videos, which I've got a puppy coming this weekend. Um, oh, for cute. Day. I know. Hang on, is it is it Sage? It's a puppy. No, no. no. We should organise that. Um, no, I'm kind of puppy coming for farm day, and oh. it's a little a little puppy dog, and um, they've ticked on their form that I can use videos. Huh? So there's gonna be a lot of puppy, puppy content. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Yay! I'm pretty excited. So, um, why did I say that? Was I talking about oh puppy school. Uh yeah, there's puppy videos. There's puppy training videos and there's the webinar. Um, and you get access to puppy school until your puppy is 16 weeks old for free, included in that cost. So it's f- free, but you've paid for it really in your puppy program thing. But you don't have to do the classes. Lots of people just buy the program and and wing it from there, uh, which is fine.
0: It's a lot of information. Yeah. So There's heaps great. of information
1: yeah. in there, in the videos and stuff, and mm. we're all busy, so I get it. Um, people, are pro- some people are probably buying it, you know, their puppy's probably already twelve weeks old or whatever, you know. Mm. Um, then we got the adolescent package, also two fifty. That's like four hours of webinars in in that, um, and you get full access to our entire adult dog training library, which is what people get when they enroll in the courses. So you get the whole thing. Um, Again, terrible business decision for me, but <laughs> great for you.
0: <laughs> Insane couldn't be, value. <laughs> couldn't be
1: bothered making a second library, third <laughs> library. So you get the uh, full thing. <laughs> so if you're listening to this in five years' time, I may have changed that. I might have gotten around to changing that. But for now, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: you get the whole library. <laughs> Um, As
0: of September, yeah. 2023.
1: <laughs> That's right. You get the whole, over oh, getting quick. Never know when I'm going to get organized. Yes, you do know. There's no deadline. So it's never. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> if you watch your four hours of webinars, you've got the whole dog training library, but you've also got access to the adolescent classes, which currently are fortnightly, but I think we will have to make them weekly because um, they're so busy until your dog's 12 months old so essentially from 16 weeks old to 12 months old you can have your dog in adolescent school and that's all included in that price for 250. plus we made a package it's 375 for both instead of being like 500 would it be 500 mm. yeah yeah mm. 250, 250 500 it's 375 so so cheap um and then you get to spend a fair bit of time because I'm doing the classes now. I'm not going to give the these Monday night classes back to Caitlin when she comes back. Um, first of all, she made a decision to have a baby. So... <laughs> <laughs> doesn't know this? <laughs> have I told her? No. I wouldn't have. Um, but we might get Caitlin, we might be able to get Caitlin to do like a week, another, the opposite fortnight and do an adolescent class. Do you know what I mean? So then we mm. can increase the classes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When yeah. she um is back fully off her maternity leave. Um because I'm enjoying the Monday night classes. It's it's worked its way into my schedule now. Uh so to stop doing the feels it would natural. Be a, yeah, it would be another transition. So unfortunately that's not going to be able to be possible. So <laughs> it'd be cute. forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um mm. Yeah. So you can do the puppy and adolescent classes. um, And I think you should, if your dog is less than 12 months old, even if you're enrolling in the community or clinical course, which you can, so we're going to talk about that in a second, but the webinar, even if you're not going to do the classes, which you don't have to, who cares? But the webinar, I think, does have because some of the dogs, some people ask me because the dog's like nine months old, and I'm like, they are very much in the middle of their adolescent period. I do think that the webinar would be helpful. I do think it's helpful. Um, it, it
0: covers topics from the younger side all the way mm, through to yeah. You know, the older side I think the
1: it's really important to understand adolescence in dogs. I do think it's really important. Like it's such a critical time. It's like adolescence in humans. It's a really critical time. So I do think it's worth understanding some weird behaviors pop up. Mm-hmm. Um and they don't have to be forever behaviors. So understanding those behaviours, understanding just management techniques, a lot of environment management stuff. Um,
0: Sam, do you think the bulk of common issues in dogs arises in this time period? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also another reason why it's if there was ever a time for that kind of support. I would go
1: as far as saying it would be unusual for an adult dog to develop
0: Mm. a problem. Yeah, because they're quite set in their ways by a certain age. About two. Yeah, About two. I think I've mentioned before, but
1: I put two years into a dog. So I don't buy dogs closer than two years apart. Did I say that right? Mm -hmm. So um, because I think it takes two years to get a dog right i got to put two years into focus into them and puppies are a pain in the ass and adolescent dogs need a lot of work.
0: On. So I yeah. do two
1: years for them. Um, so now is three, which means technically I could get another dog, but I do puppy school. So now obviously I'm never getting another puppy ever again. <laughs> it reminds me every week. I'm like, oh man, so much work. <laughs> Let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> but I've got, but then I've got this puppy coming for farm stay. So who knows? Maybe I'll just, <laughs> do you know what? I nearly I bought know. those goats we talked about.
0: And what happen- Where am oh, I, I, I going to put them? I think they can jump every single fence. I think they can. Yeah. You probably need, I think they need to have sort of an enclosure. They have of to some, have a roof. Some I feel like every time I've
1: seen goats, they don't have a roof, but I've also heard that they can jump out of every single fence. Why? They climb
0: everything. Maybe they, do they roam? I don't know anything about what goats. What do they eat? We're going, what I think we're going to
1: have a drought this year. Is it, is it wise to get goats? But they're I so cute. They're so cute. So cute there's baby goats you can buy baby goats off gum tree there's heaps on there bottle fed ones
0: and they're very cute what if i just got a couple of
1: goats what's the worst that could happen
0: i'm going to be fully
1: supportive of this my neighbors want goats to go through their property and eat everything because it's a bush block and they they don't well, to clear it
0: so go. if they get out they
1: will just go and visit lisa and phil
0: got their job lined up already
1: and they could wear collars with, like, a little bell on it and I would know where they are. I could put little trackers on them like the dogs. I'll get a little notification. Hey, the goats are out. Billy's Uh-oh. gone next door. Oh, no.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, dear. <laughs> if the dingoes don't get them. See, what about the dingoes as well? Yeah,
0: actually, that might be your. I, mean, I could lock them in a stable at night time. Tricky point.
1: But then I have to clean the stable every day. I lock the horses out of there so I don't have to clean it. I don't need it. <laughs> it's for emergencies.
0: <laughs> it looks pretty.
1: It's for hospitalization, mm, on the quarantine. Horses. It's not for daily, they just walk in there and poo and then walk out. I'm like, get out. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> How
0: about you? the token visit?
1: Yeah. Literally, and their stable yard. I've got a yard and the stable, so I just walk in. There and they, if you leave it open, they it's full of poo. I'm like, why walk in here to poop? They
0: what just want some doing? privacy. What are you doing? Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, I forgot what we we're talking about. <laughs> um. So you don't have to do, you don't have to do all that stuff. You can just book in for the commun- community or clinical courses, especially if you're a bit of a dog nerd, you're a bit savvy. Don't, don't worry about that other stuff um, unless you're interested, you know, like I don't know if I'd get around to watching four hours of webinars, but um, yeah, you
0: probably want to break it up.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, You could listen to it while you're driving. It's that kind of content. Um, There's a slideshow that goes with it obviously, but you could do a lot of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It would make a lot of it would make sense while you're driving Um, without the visuals.
0: so The other thing actually yeah. I'm to interject is I think we've mentioned this in a previous podcast but um, <clears throat> those that are in the adolescent program who are keen to sort of get training mm. with um, our bigger courses as they go along can actually start their self-paced, um, the self-paced course ahead of time. Yeah, I right? feel
1: like we, yes, and we need to maybe um make that clearer on the website as well. Um, So it's a good idea to make it really clear here. We used to not have adult dog, we used to not have classes. We didn't have dog school. So we didn't have a way to support you with your dog training outside of the five days we would spend with you in your course, apart from one-on-one tuition, which is expensive. So it was a lot more important that the dogs were at least nine months old bef- to do the courses. Um we can't graduate a therapy dog until they're 12 months old. That's irresponsible. Um, they're just babies, you know. So we don't want dogs less than 12 months working as therapy dogs. Um so, you know, like we're seeing puppies in schools and stuff. It's a great way to accidentally flood your dog.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and shorten their career <clears throat> if if it gets us kickstart at all. I can't tell you how many, it's still happening, how many dogs come through that have already been in a school before they've done any training and before they're 12 mm. months old that are failing their temperament assessments. Can't tell you. It keeps happening. So I know it's really tempting um, and I'm not here to say that no one can do whatever with their young dog it's none of my business what you do with your dog um but just be very very aware of the risks of accidentally flooding the dog and accidentally causing them to have an aversion to your workplace setting um because we see that all the time and i should say we probably see other dogs be okay with it as well so but it's I think it's a very tricky it's risky, it's risky. Mm. and unless you're a full blown dog nerd and you know what's going on for your dog and you've got a lot of control over the environment that they're in and xyz um be I wouldn't my my advice is always just don't do it just don't do it um because it's very hard to get it right but I'm you know if people are getting it right um we just need to be aware that it's a lot for a dog a young Mm. dog and if you're interested in that listen to the podcast the second podcast with um Tamara which is episode season two episode nine it's called insights from a breeder and puppy development ethical breeding but it's it talks quite a lot about the socialization period of young dogs And things like that. So if you're interested to learn more about that, listen to that one. The other podcast to listen to is Season 1, Episode 3, Don't Make This Common Mistake, Taking Puppies Into Schools Too Young. That's a a lovely lady who offered to tell us her story after we found out her story during her course. Um, I wish I I had a podcast for every person who has got this exact same story.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I'd have a lot of podcast content. Yeah. But obviously it's something that people don't really want to talk about a lot of the time. So yeah, the, listen to those two podcasts um if you're thinking about what to do with your young dog in terms of yeah, taking them to workplaces and stuff like that. So because we now have dog school and because your course the reason we want a dog to be 9 months old is because To get value for money in terms of dog training feedback for your dog, we're not asking a six month old dog to do very much. The foundations are happening, but we're not asking much of a puppy. So if you do the core, if you were doing the courses when your dog was six months old, then the activities that we were giving you, even though they are the same activities, they would be much at a much lower level of expectation of the dog, um, which means that you're only going to get feedback on how to do this with a six-month-old dog, which is going to be different to a 12-month-old dog. So the reason we were saying have your dog sort of between 9 to 12 months to do course so that you got value for money while you are doing the course that we were giving you, you enough feedback and then we'd already given people the dog training libraries if they had registered Months in advance, which people used to do, which they don't do now, they would register like the week before. So you already had all that time to practice with the dog training video library anyway. But what has changed this year is we've got the dog school. So now, if you want to do the course when your dog is younger, you can, because it's what it's going to do is get all your theory out of the way. So it is primarily theory. Do your videos. So when you do your dog training videos during the course, you'll do your videos at the level that your dog's at. So whether they're eight months old, nine months old, ten months old, whatever, you'll do the videos at the level that they're at, and then you can get extra help in your dog schools on mm. Monday nights if you, you can need share it. The
0: videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: I think um, we're we're a forever evolving machine. <laughs> Um, so I think it's important that we keep yeah, getting the information updated, um, which is hard to do because there's information everywhere. I've really learned that in the last week and a half of doing the admin. <laughs> so I need to go through all our email templates and read them and update them.
0: Mm, like yeah, Because check them
1: all. we change stuff all the time to make it better. Like even so the self-paced tuition booking, I've made a Google calendar. I figured out how to make a Google ca- Google calendar, and it puts stuff on the website. You can't book it on there. Putting online booking on the website's a nightmare. Aww. So it is a nightmare. For I would have to physically go in and update our diaries, but your diary has to be the same every week. I just can't do it. Like because I fit people in around my psychology client. Yeah. cancellations and reschedules and stuff nightmare so what we have done is for tuition times for the self-paced guys with myself amy and caitlin they're in this google calendar and it is a bit of a muck around but you can go on the members page the members only page view the times that are available then you have to email courses at to secure your times um but it does save emailing backwards and forwards 50,000 times with Emily to go is there any Tuesdays
0: coming mm, up you know mm, it's
1: sa- the, at mm, least you can look at the calendar simpler hopefully one day our email hosting thingy has a better option available but it doesn't right now so or I don't know how to use it which is probably more so the case but whatever <laughs> that's what we've got for now but how's how i have updated that that's like maybe in the last couple of weeks I figured out how to do that but the email it's doesn't up. The email tape template doesn't say that, so I'm like, to people, I'm like, oh yeah, just look on the website, and they're like, oh, I didn't know about that. And I'm like, oh, that's because I didn't tell you, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes, no, I didn't tell anybody it's a secret. So, <laughs>
0: surprise. <laughs> Ta-da!
1: So you can do that. So um, yeah, self-paced guys, if you're listening, you can jump on the members page of the website and, and book on there. I know everything we do is clunky. It's because we don't really know what we're doing. So
0: just no, bear with it us. Out.
1: We're figuring it out along the way in terms of all this technological side of things. So just hang in there with us, um, especially while Emily's on holidays, but she's obviously back next week. And is never going on holidays ever again.
0: It's just not allowed <laughs>
1: ever. Caitlin's not having any more babies. Emily's never going on holidays ever again. <laughs> this is a nightmare. <laughs> oh goodness. Classic. Um, yeah, so I think you know, we've got those programs. Um, reassessments, people ask about reassessments. Yes, you need to reassess every 12 months. Um, when we finalize your graduation with your dog um what you get to do is you get a certificate no it's not a formal accreditation I don't believe there's formal accreditation in Australia at this stage um there may be I don't check it every day uh our course think of it more as like a professional development workshop to give you these skills when you're looking at what level of training do you need to do? The way that we typically decide that is from your regulatory bodies, your workplace and your insurance company. So the only people that we can get an answer from is the insurance company. So our regulatory bodies haven't mandated a certain level of training. Would be very difficult for them to do because I don't think it exists. I don't think accreditation exists. I know that there are places that are calling courses, certain words that would indicate that kind of thing. Um, but it's not the case. So oh, there's there's not like a, yeah, yeah. Um, so think of it like a, a PD workshop. And like I said, it's all going to be active PD and supervision and stuff. Um, check with your insurance company. So we're all insured, you know, like we're all insured with what training we've got. Um, my insurance company is happy with what we do. Um, so your workplace should be happy. We don't at Therapy Dogs Australia, we don't place you. So um if you're a volunteer or you want to do animal assisted activities, we don't place you into facilities. You can place yourself into facilities because what will happen is you'll do the course, graduate with your dog, and then you will be able to buy your own insurance. So it will be a public liability and professional indemnity insurance. Uh, and then you can contact facilities and show them that you've got a certificate that's valid because um, it will have an expiry date on it. You'll have a valid certificate and you'll have um, your insurance and you'll be able to show that to the facilities. And you'll probably need things like yellow cards and stuff like that, which we don't handle. Um, but yeah, so be aware of all of that um so it does mean that we don't we don't really have much to do with the teams apart from how much they want to have to do with us um once they graduate we don't tell you what to do and where to go and stuff like that so you you're an independent entity once you know we just provide the training um so if you're looking for something different to that um i think there are companies that do things a bit differently and they place you in facilities and stuff like that it's a bit less flexibility but a bit more probably um connectedness in terms of um, the relationship with the training organisation moving forward in terms of them monitoring you and stuff like that. They would do a a lot more of that, I would imagine. Um, So you will reassess every 12 months usually. We do reserve the right to um, give you a shorter reassessment period If we think you need it so if there's any concerns that have been highlighted um during the assessment so you know whether it's the obedience and manners um isn't looking fabulous or the temperament or health of the dog or whatever sometimes we'll give people a shorter
0: assessment period reassessment period
1: um which yeah, just depends. It's not not often, but it does happen. And it's only it's to time. keep
0: everyone safe too. So yeah, you know. yeah,
1: it's a, just a, it's like another deadline, it's just a check in time. Mm. You know, to go okay. So this usually what happens is we're going. This looks okay right now, but I don't have a lot of confidence about how this is going to look in ten months time. Um, so I'd like to see you in six months time, so we can check how things are going. Uh, and. We do that with the teams that need it. There are teams that need a bit more monitoring and supervision along the way, and another deadline before 12 months to keep um, working on stuff. Uh, and that's what keeps the dogs and the clients safe. So. so that's the whole idea behind that.
0: Um, what else do people ask all the time, Max? Um, 2024 dates are coming. No, the courses don't allow for public access rights. No, they don't. That's for assistance, specific assistance dogs, not even yes. all assistance dogs. Mm. That's a that's a yes. very frequent question.
1: Yeah. No, we won't train facility dogs. So I won't train a dog that belongs to a school um or something like that. I've seen it go badly uh, in the past and I'm not going to be a part of it. So, um, we don't train assistance dogs and we don't train facility dogs. Um, the dogs that we train need to be working with their owner. Uh, generally speaking, we'll accept a, a secondary sort of handler if they've got a very good relationship with the dog. We've seen facility dogs be handed around and it has had a very detrimental impact on the dog. Um, and there's nothing we can do about that. So because we're not a regulatory body, um, we can't tell people what to do. Uh, And so I've just made the decision that we're not going to be a part of the facility dog thing because I've seen it go so poorly for the dogs. Um, We also
0: get, um, I've had quite a few DMs from people asking about if they have an assistance dog for one of their kids and they still want to train the dog up to be a therapy dog as well. That's also... not I do get asked that
1: question all the time. And yeah, like Max said, no. The answer for me is no. The reason for that is because being an assistance dog is a big job for a dog. So if your job as a dog is to assist a human being with a disability, um, whether you're alerting to diabetic highs or lows or seizures or providing deep pressure therapy when someone's having an anxiety Attack, panic attack. Um, you might be tethered to a young child to stop them from running away. Uh, whatever it is that your job is as the assistance dog, it's a big job. And it's usually more than a couple of hours a day. Uh, the dog's supposed to be typically with the person that they're assisting, like a lot. Okay. So yeah, pretty much I'd have to say it would be full-time. I know kids go to school and can't take the dogs, but. Um, a lot of the time. So the dogs are working pretty hard as an assistance dog. So reason number one, why would we give that dog a second job to do when they've already got such a big job to do? And it's, you know, that if if someone's got an assistance dog, supposed to be the case that they really, really need that dog and they couldn't do what they need to do in their day-to-day life without the dog. Um, So I don't know why we would give that dog another job. It's already working very hard. Uh, The other thing is um, assistance dogs are trained to focus on the handler or the person they're assisting and ignore everything else. This might come as a surprise, but we actually teach therapy dogs to do the exact opposite of that. So to my mind, I don't think it's fair that we ask the dog to know that sometimes they have to ignore Everyone
0: hmm.
1: um and you know not engage in their environment. But sometimes they we want them to initiate interactions with everybody in their environment. I don't
0: that'd be so confusing. Surely that would
1: be so confusing. Surely
0: very exhausting, very draining. Like you know, how, how's how's the dog juggle? How's the dog know? You know?
1: Yeah. Like
0: Yeah.
1: Hey. Yeah. So um it's just a no from me. You might find someone else that will do it. Um, and that's that's gotta be a decision that they make um about that and a decision that you as the dog owner makes about how often are you working this dog, you know, if their job is to be an assistance dog to someone, um, that's pretty much a full time job. So what else are you asking this dog to do? What other buckets does this dog need to fill? And you'll how end up are with you? a very
0: cooked dog. How As are well. you filling
1: the dog's bucket mm. um, to replace, replenish everything that the dog is giving of itself? You know, I just think mm, that's a lot. It's a lot. So the answer to that is no. Um, what else do people ask us?
0: We're
1: not doing, going back to face-to-face training. We would have to buy a facility. Um, and we would only be able to help local teams. So
0: mm. what are we reports- looking for in a therapy dog? We are looking for dogs that
1: are happy, confident, like meeting new people. I'm not a fan of dogs that need time to warm up. Um, the reason for that is because I describe that as like giving an introverted human an extroverts job. Um, and I think if your dog takes time to warm up to people every time they meet people, uh, that that's a lot of times that the dog is having to work through that level of discomfort each day that they are being a therapy dog. And I don't think that that's wise um, on the dog. We do find some dogs, um, you know, like once they habituate to their workplace, uh, so if they go to the same workplace all the time, that they aren't like that. You know, it might just be if you take them somewhere new. So we do we are aware of that for temperament um, assessments. Uh, so make sure that you let us know if that's the case with your dog, um, where they might be a bit different. What, but once they've gotten used to the place. We've done assessments with dogs that we've been like, uh, this doesn't seem suitable. And mm. then we go, we go to the workplace and they've been a lot more comfortable, you know,
0: mm. and they've been fine. We're very case by case
1: are we? So case by case. So, like, don't so stress, by case by will, case. Yeah. We're
0: not yeah. going to lump anyone into some big category.
1: Oh, I wish we were more black and white. More efficient. <laughs> yeah. It would be a lot faster. Um, but it's not so, and people aren't black and white and dogs aren't black and white. So, uh, we do try and problem solve stuff, um, as much as we can, but in saying that I'm not just going to get every team over the line that's not happening we fail teams so if the dog's not suitable and the handler's not suitable it's just not happening so and i mean there's been recent a recent case in the media yeah of what can go wrong uh when you know for whatever re- i don't know the situation mm. um of you know this dog at a school that's bitten someone on the face you can google it if you want to have a look it's on the abc news support dog bite six-year-old students face at south coast school if you want to google it I
0: think it only came um, out it was only published two weeks ago or something like that it wasn't i that don't know yet.
1: any more than what's in the article i don't know the team i don't know the dog i don't know the story um but things can go wrong so you know it is very important that every therapy dog training place has got um standards around What we need to see from the dogs in terms of their temperament, their personality, and what we need to see from the handlers in terms of their dog skills, those hard skills where they, you know, actually, can you handle this dog? Do you understand this dog? Can you read this dog's body language? You know, can you support this dog? And can you do that while also doing your job? Because it's pretty hard to do every, every podcast that we had a guest on. They've said that they've said it's hard, Mm um, um, to do your job and handle a dog at the same time. So, and that's not something that gets discussed enough, I feel. So it is tricky. And if we don't think that you're ready to handle your dog and the job at the same time, but there's potential there, we may pass you as a learner team, which means that you get to do on the job practice. Um, But sometimes teams, the dog's not suitable. So we just it's just not suitable. It doesn't matter how many times we assess the dog, the dog's just not suitable. We've had dogs like that with that we've assessed multiple times and they're not suitable. So um, for the welfare of the dog and for the outcomes of the clients that they have access with, those dogs don't graduate as therapy dogs. It's not suitable for them. So uh, we do have to make that call. It is the best thing for your dog and you can get as upset with me as you like. Um, but at the end of the day, if I've said I've got some concerns about this dog, uh, I don't think it's suitable. And then it bites someone, you know, I I um I need I need for people to know that I'm not failing teams because I think it's fun or funny. Mm, it's actually it's very, fun. very annoying to, for me to have to do. It is a nightmare for me to fail a team. It is a nightmare. It is so much admin, so much time, it's outrageous. And then I've got to handle usually, um, yeah, a training plan as well. I've got to speak to the dog trainer that did the assessment, come up with a plan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is a lot of work and we don't get paid for that. That's not billed to you. We don't go, Here, here's your... We should do that, actually. (laughs) If you want us to help you get through, it's going to be another $500 of my time. Mm, At least. Don't do that. But if you're listening Mm. to this in five years' time, maybe I am doing that. Mm. Um, But we don't do that now. We just try and help people. But it's a nightmare. So I'm not just passing people for fun. I'm failing people for fun. It's because there's work to be done. So keep that in mind. I don't fail a lot of teams. I think um, teams... Probably don't assess if they, I think that by the time they finish their course, they know enough. Oh yeah. They
0: make that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what you want. That's what we actually want. So they should make that assessment for themselves.
1: That's the whole idea behind the course is that we've given people enough information to make good decisions. That's why people come back and say, I'm not doing it with this dog, but I'm getting a different dog. And can I have a, um, graduation certificate thingy and stuff like that Mm.
0: it's
1: good it's good that's what we want we want that make good decisions be equipped with the information to help you make good decisions oh yeah Yeah. yes all
0: right I think we'll probably wrap it up there for anyone that's still listening thank you (laughs) so much for yeah for tuning in um yeah Sam
1: no worries. I hope we've answered some questions. Um, If you've gone, if it happens to be 12 months from this date, um, maybe just check in with us because we may have evolved even further. We'll probably be doing
0: another one, yeah.
1: Yeah, with um some of our programs and stuff like that. But it is September 2023 right now. So, um, yeah, this information should be relevant for 2024. Um, but if you're not sure, just email us and, yeah. Happy to talk to you.
0: Thanks, Sam. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in studying with Therapy Dogs Australia or you have a few more questions before deciding, please get in touch with us by emailing courses at therapydog.com.au or visiting our website at www.therapydog.com.au for more information and FAQs.